Hi, this is Brian Landau, and you're listening to The Drip, a podcast about how to caffeinate your campaigns. Today, I'm joined by Greg Young. Greg is the executive vice president and co-lead of Integrated Media Strategy North America at Weber Shanwick. In this episode, we talk about how brands are defining integrated media, why shared media is the ultimate threshold for brands, and how to best build collaboration across disparate agency partners. In just a few moments, you'll hear Greg talk about how channel-specific engagement and shared media is essential to successful brand campaigns. He uses the word choreography, which I love, because it addresses the need to have strategy and tactics by content format and marketing channel be synced together. In a dance routine, if one member of the troupe is offbeat, the audience can immediately tell. The same is often true about your marketing communications. In my day job, my company, Venly, helps brands deliver ROI on their audio and podcasting executions. In my experience, brands most commonly make two mistakes with their podcasts. First, they don't answer the two questions that matter most, which is what's the purpose and what's the point? These are two different but connected thoughts. The purpose is why someone is going to listen to this content. What's in it for them? Often, brands will launch podcasts that aim to quote, elevate an executive's thought leadership profile. And I'm sorry to say that this rarely yields benefit because the impetus for the content motion is the executive and not the listener. The only person that really cares about the thought leadership profile of the executive is that executive. The listener is looking for value in the content. The second question that needs to be answered is what's the point? Said another way, what is the utility and ROI that the brand will find in creating and distributing the podcast? And this is the second mistake that brands make in podcasting, which is they anchor success in a single metric of downloads. Let's peel back for a second. Downloads only matter if you're running ads in your podcast. If you're trying to buy or sell ads in podcasts, you take the average downloads per episode and connect that number with a cost per thousand. This is how we arrive at how much an advertiser will spend for media in that podcast. But because the largest podcasts in the world are monetized by advertisers and sponsors, brands have defaulted to downloads as the reportable metric. But as you'll hear Greg talk about in a few moments, engagement and sharing is what moves brands in our modern marketing world. Just because you get a thousand downloads on your podcast doesn't mean it moved the needle for your brand in any way. Brands that win in podcasting are able to do three things. One, they know their purpose, and two, they know their point. But three, they've thought about where their audiences are across the internet, and they've worked hard to measure stakeholder-specific engagement beyond just downloads on Apple and Spotify. At Venly, we use a lot of science and a lot of skill to help brands extract the most value from their podcast. Whether you're in market already with a podcast or you're thinking about starting one, shoot me an email at brian at venly.co and we can talk about your content's purpose, point, and ROI. That's brian, B-R-I-A-N, at venly, V-E-N-N-L-Y, dot C-O. And now, the awesome Greg Young. Hi, Greg. Hello, how's it going? Greg Young is the executive vice president and co-lead of Integrated Media Strategy North America at Weber Shanwick. Based in Washington, D.C., Greg helps to drive greater synergy between data and analytics, brand strategy, and execution across earned, paid, owned, and shared media. Greg is a graduate of the University of Lynchburg, and I assume enjoys long walks on the beach. Greg, how are you doing? I'm great. Thanks, Brian. Uh, Yeah, long walks on the beach or, you know, in the middle of nowhere, preferably with no cell phone service, no Wi-Fi service. That's a a great day. That's highly aspirational. 
for those that aren't familiar, what is Weber Shanwick? Yeah, so uh, Weber Shanwick is a global strategic communications agency. So we work across all categories. We work with Fortune 500 and other large companies on a you know wide range of marketing services from creative and content and strategy to corporate consulting and issues management. So we kind of do it all and we pride ourselves on being able to bring forward a lot of different expertise to just help our clients tackle whatever the biggest challenges that they might have at that moment. Integrated media can mean different things at different brands and agencies. How do you define what integrated media means to you and as part of your remit? And how does this live out in your client work? That's a really great question. So I'll I'll start with the fact that our media landscape is increasingly fragmented, right? Like there's there's new numerous ways to connect with audiences. We're talking on a podcast right now. This is certainly one of them. But that also means there's tons of, of roadblocks, right? So there's the reality that audiences don't see the difference anymore between marketing or PR or communications or advertising or even, you know, especially in this day and age, you know, political statements that that companies are making. And so in their mind, this is just the brand talking to me about something. And so companies and brands more than ever are looking for ways to unite marketing and communications across strategy and creative and analytics and paid media and earned media and social and influencers and you name it. And while some of those disciplines work really seamlessly together, like, you know, for example, strategy and creative, the reality is there's a really huge difference between, say, paid media and earned media. And that's okay. So their entire careers built, built around each of those, those specialties. Our job is to unite all of those pieces and really make sure the stories that brands tell are well orchestrated across all disciplines and all mediums and ensure that the end audience is actually seeing words and actions which align rather than getting disparate messages from advertising versus what is the CEO saying versus the experiences that PR might be pulling together. So as I say, the team is a is sort of a jack of all trades, but also a master of a lot of them. And you know, while the team does a lot, it really does boil down to a few components, right? So the first is understanding not just the audience makeup, you know, what are their demographics and whatnot, but instead what really motivates them? How do they experience the media world around them as they try to make decisions? And then next is going deep on that channel usage. What does it take to really resonate with them in a given platform? Someone in a specific discipline sees the world through one lens. It's the classic, you know, when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Our job is to use the entire toolbox of communications and marketing tools at our fingertips to move that messaging forward with that audience. And then finally, the third piece is just story choreography. We we help map out the entire storytelling approach and the cadence to maximize reach, but also resonance with a given audience. And importantly, we ensure whatever gets put out there is set up in a way that it can travel. And that I think is the really important part because the modern media landscape is vibrant and dynamic and the stories and the, the messages that really stick are the ones that can travel through our hyper-connected and highly social media landscape. Paid social, for example, is often an integrated media approach for many brands, but activating and measuring success on LinkedIn, for example, is different from Instagram, to borrow your expression, when you're a hammer, everything's a nail, but those are, those are different types of uh, tools that you need to use. What questions do you most often receive when you're counseling clients and how to best evaluate these blended channels? 
I mean, normally the question is just that, right? Like, how do we, we, what's the best way for us to activate measure between those? But I usually turn it the other way. And first I ask if they've determined what is the meaningful role of each of those channels for this particular engagement, right? Because how people engage on LinkedIn versus Instagram are, are really, really different, even though they're both social networks. So understanding what the brand or the agency team thinks is the real value of each of those and its role in that mix is critical. And, and sure, look, I can measure impressions or clicks across both of those, which is sort of the easy way out. But what I often counsel clients not to do is to blend them and instead to determine which measurement metrics are most aligned with the role of that channel in their media mix. So here's an example, right? Let's pretend for a client, you know, we have both those platforms in our mix and they're trying to drive awareness of some new initiative. I might suggest Instagram, a highly visual platform where people spend a ton of time with each post, should be used in that case to drive shares, right? Like that's what the messaging should be about. Do people care about what we're saying or are they just kind of scrolling past or just, you know, passively liking the post? And it's a, it's a highly share heavy platform. So if what we're saying isn't being shared, perhaps it's not resonating. And then on LinkedIn, we might find people are often willing to go a little bit deeper with the post. We can share content that's more, more than an image, but it has a bit more meat to it. And maybe it's from an executive or another person on the team that allows us to tell a deeper story. So there we might look at whether or not we're able to compel people to click through or take a specific action. So it's, it's a really tough question at the macro level. That's where I think a lot of teams get hung up, but it really comes into focus really clearly when we start tackling specific client assignments. And the thing I can really say is if you're blending your strategy for Instagram and LinkedIn, or frankly across Twitter and Discord or Pinterest and, and Facebook, or you name it, you're probably not taking advantage of the reasons people use each of those separate platforms to begin with. In your bio, I read that you help execute across earned, paid, owned, and shared. I haven't heard shared media used often. Is what you just described shared media, someone seeing a brand post on Instagram and deciding to share that? Or are you talking about something a little bit different? No, I think I think it's exactly that. And I, I personally categorize it as something separate because I think social really upended the dynamics of paid, owned, and earned, right? Like the reality is you look at Facebook, you can buy your way onto it. You have owned, you know, your own channels on there as well. You can also earn your way on there through influencers or other media, et cetera. But shared connotes something different, right? Like when you think about paid, owned, and earned, there's a very specific tactic that you have to use to get there. And shared, which as the name connotes, your goal is to get people to carry the message for you. That's a totally different tactic. It's a totally different creative tactic. It's totally different platform tactics. Um, and formats that you might use for that. And it's also completely different measurement tactics. And as, as I mentioned earlier, our entire media ecosystem now is supercharged by social. And I don't just mean social platforms, I mean the mechanics of social. If it travels, it resonates, it builds brand reputation, it builds you know, value around products. You see you know, things like community, commerce, that sort of orientation is becoming big in the West now, especially driven by TikTok and a bit by Instagram as well, but especially in, in APAC, that's been a thing for a long time. So shared and, and really defining it as something just frankly is different than paid owned or earned, I think is important. And the brands who have been able to embrace shared as a different category, not getting trapped in those, those sort of legacy silos, we've seen that those are the, you know, those are the market disruptors that come out and, uh, and upend the way people really think about what media is meant to do today. 
Yeah, it almost feels like the highest benchmark possible, right? If someone is willing to engage with that piece of content. Now, it's possible, I suppose, that someone could share something that they don't like. In theory, right, if someone is engaging and sharing with it, that means that it's resonating with them. And that's where I think the channel-specific strategies and that you're talking about best play out. It, well, exactly. And I think that, frankly, look at, at modern media behaviors today. We share everything. Right. Like if we like something, we share it. If we don't like it, you know, we can passively engage with it. But uh, I think you're right. I think that is the benchmark. And um, and certainly there are there are plenty of other tactics, right, that are 100 percent valuable. But there needs to be a place in any given client's modern marketing and communication strategy for shared. If, if it's not being shared again, you're you're just not driving the sort of resonance and reputation. And, and frankly, you're probably not even driving the sort of sales that you might be able to otherwise. You are developing best practices and measuring the efficacy of different content formats. Talk about a transition. For example, a company might deploy a mix of social video or audio. Written word is part of one strategy. How are you thinking about how these pieces fit together? Because video, to your point, can live on multiple channels. You might measure the channels differently, but the same piece could live in several places at once. Absolutely. And I think I think that there's a few components here. First of all, just like the previous example, we have to have a meaningful role for each content format. Each of them do something something different and, and do different things very well. And we recommend clients break down uh, you know, those different components into their parts, right? So there's formats in social, for example, that are really great for storytelling versus others that are really great at driving engagement or conversion. So if a company has a variety of content formats, we want to first marry those to the appropriate platform formats as well to drive their specific goal. Next, you've got to determine some semblance of sequence. So, so put really simply, it's probably not as effective if I put a ton of messages in front of someone asking them to click through or buy a product or sign up for updates if they have no, no idea who we are or what we're doing. Right, so that's where video and audio can come in really effectively. So we try to sequence with richer content formats up front to tell that story, to introduce ourselves to someone, and then use the other tactics as sort of a, a follow-up or reminder message to get them to take an action. And now some formats like video or audio, they, they can do both, right? They can educate and they can also drive an action, which is really awesome, but it's not gonna work that way all of the time, especially you know given, given whatever the brand or the product might be. So audiences, we know this, they typically need multiple touch points to take an action. That doesn't mean just deliver all of the touch points in, in sort of a shotgun manner. And we also know that some of those formats aren't nearly as scalable or budget friendly as others, right? So like video and audio just aren't always as, as budget friendly as, as some of the others. So when you pull all those together into the mix, again, it's important to know what are they meant to do and when and where should I leverage them as I'm talking to you know whatever my audience is. So once we understand that rough sequence and that role of each channel, then it, it honestly becomes really easy to match the appropriate metrics to that format, right? I'm not measuring everything by the same yardstick simply because they weren't meant to be used in the, the same way. So what I would say old school shotgun approach is we just honestly don't believe it, it works nearly as effectively, especially in a modern digital landscape. And it can lead to lots of different in a lot of different inefficiencies and, and frankly a lot of unhappy clients. So uh, you know, not to get into very specific metrics or anything, but I think again, going back to that point, when you know the role of the channel, of the format, and you know the sequence, right? But you're not going to go up to somebody and say, buy my product, but instead you're going to go through a process of 
introducing yourself, telling your story, and then getting them to move through, I think then you, it becomes a lot easier to start to measure the efficacy of those different formats. Because, you know, like the, the old metaphor, you're not, what is it? You're not measuring a fish's ability to climb a tree. I've never heard that metaphor before. It's a terrible metaphor, but I've heard it all the time growing up. Maybe it's a sudden thing. I have an international mom. And so most expressions have been butchered for me growing <laughs> up, like a cat calling the tin black or something. I don't know. I have no idea what the actual expression is. I'll get you out on this question. Building alignment across stakeholders is critical to the success of any campaign. This is hard enough when everyone is under the same roof, but you're often tasked to build alignment across a network of agencies. How do you think about the process of building cross-functional and multi-stakeholder engagement? Yeah, that I think is actually probably the most critical thing to success, right? And we take an incredibly collaborative approach. We work in lots of different interagency team environments with lots of different agencies of different sizes, different stakeholders, different goals, different needs. And honestly, I've I found nothing works as well as meaningful collaboration. And collaborating starts first by understanding what's the role of this team? You know, what's the role of each team? What's their unique strength or their perspective that they bring to the table? And then frankly, what's motivating them? How is their success being measured? Right, because every everyone wants to do good work. So, by understanding those components, we can start to formulate. Okay, well, how can I pull this team in here to help us with this, or how can I help this person reach their goal? To be honest, it, it, it's not often that people's goals are actually misaligned or competitive. Yeah, their tactics or, or, or strategies might be different, but really the goals are usually the same to drive the business forward in some way. So. We really try to build a framework for working and executing that takes into account all of those different pieces, right? So in the same way that we orchestrate channels and tactics sort of at that macro level, we want to do the same with the different teams. We don't try to just push for one thing or another, but instead trying to help everybody see the whole picture, which honestly is, is, is one of the biggest barriers that we run into a lot is that, you know, a new, especially if a new team comes on with a very specific agreement, they're not seeing all of the pieces. And often when they when they do see the whole picture and something looks misaligned, they're the first ones to say so and, and will try to find a solution. So to be honest, most of the time, those teams just don't have the whole picture just because everyone's so deep and focused on a specific mission and illuminating that can drive a lot of shared success. So but coming coming to the table, doing our homework to understand not just what do we need to accomplish, but what are everyone's needs, what are everyone's strengths, and helping to paint that holistic picture are critical pieces. And, and ultimately, we want to be the most collaborative partners. And I find that when we're collaborative, everyone else wants to be as well, right? And, and don't get me wrong, there are some rare instances where that's not the case. But on the whole, that spirit of collaboration and shared success is contagious. And it's, it's worked for me 99% of the time. Joined today by Greg Young, one of the most collaborative people I've ever encountered in my life. Greg, thanks for being with me. I really appreciate it. Appreciate it, Brian. Thank you.